you. Are now about to witness the awesome crushing mind of the U D S Robinson. Show Welcome, my friends, uh, to a show that seemingly kind of almost sort of never ends as long as you keep donating to patreon.com slash the stomper if there's even one of you left this lonely voice will continue but before we get into v five three v fifty three or if you're in europe v five oh oh three I'm your host, Eugene Robinson. The first stigmata from Calling of the Just. The song is called Intro All of Nothing. Still available from Revelation Records. They're online. Huntington Beach, California, the place where they hit your car with a hammer. Buy it. I know because I own the record and I sell it to them. That's how I know. Total disclosure. Anyway, let Bob Riley sing the words and kick it all off, especially after UFC Arizona. Especially. Listen. Be well, brethren. Sister in. I'm on my way back but I could not see so clear. I'm taking a real good look at you. Real good look at your face. I'm being paid back in full. Always nothing. Anyway, all uh, right. We got a we got a whole lot of a whole lot of living going on. If there are problems, as usual, if there are problems. Uh, you know, to DM me via Twitter, at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter. Um, let me know if there are problems you can't hear me or something. And that's also where we're going to take questions at the halfway mark, which is about 1230. Let me pull in. Hey, Roma Raider bought the ball. So we're going to plug in the ball so we get some sort of audio fidelity uh, versus me shouting into this little hole on my computer, which I'm guessing might be a speaker, but what the hell would I know? It hasn't seen because the port, my port is all dirty as usual. You know, yogurt in the computer. It has, there we go. Nope, still hasn't seen the blue ball. Hasn't seen it yet. Let me change the port because uh, I, don't, I don't have time for these games. I don't have time for these reindeer games. Ah, ah. Sorry, it's really annoying. I know. I still it's not registering. The re little red lights on. All right, well, I'm going to start and you guys will have to, Oh, there we go. There we go. 
nah, I think it's just, it's still coming through the fucking thing. Oh, 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 plus now the light is occluding the camera. How about that? I think that's all right. All right. Uh, I did it again. Hold on. You see what kind of, do you think that a professional, do you think Joe Rogan, Rogaine has to deal with this stuff? He doesn't. That's why I'm saying go to, I'm going through the little hole in the computer. I shouldn't have said shit. I should have kept my mouth shut. I made fun of the computer. The computer makes fun of you. All right. Um, so we're going to start with the show. Patreon.com slash the stomper. T-H-E stomper. You have to spell that for you too. S-T-O-M-P-E-R. A lot of you answered the call last week. I don't care. Don't don't feel embarrassed that you got to give me 50 cents or a dollar a month. I don't, I'm not one of those cats. Guy who wants to give me 50 cents or 25, you can't insult me by giving me money. Even if you were to give me a nickel a month, I'd be happy to get it. Because that was a nickel I didn't have yesterday. And, you know, you that's if you think the show is worth a nickel, I'm glad to have your nickel. What I don't want is for you to give it $10. And then you say, well, it's not worth $10. Okay, there, we got the blue ball, the blue ball, the blue snowball. Hey, what was that little dog we used to have? The one we used to dye pink? No, the one that died, little snowballs. That's my Eric Bogosian. Thank you. So patreon.com slash the stomper. Also today, Monday, the new Ozzy Confidential is up. You can go to ozzyozy.com slash confidential. I'm not going to spell it for you. You just look it up. And if you scroll all the way to the bottom, find a nice video of me running down the street, you'll see the new one with Renee Wu. Is at a meeting at, uh, at Microsoft on her way to getting her PhD in physics. You know, one of those overachievers stood up, was like, fuck this. What am I going to do? I'm quitting. Why? To be an international pole celebrity. And so it's a good, it's a good piece. It's, uh, it's uh, less hard-hitting as usual, but I don't always need hard-hitting. That's not what I'm there for. Those of you who are still shaken up by the Max Moore thing with the guy whose eyes were blown out or uh, some of the other pieces, it doesn't always have to be hardcore. Sometimes it's just cool stories that I like. Anyway, the wife yesterday, uh, I didn't do the show yesterday because she uh, competed uh, at the, the, uh, a local regional show, new class, up, up by in the pro-level class, uh, took third place. Uh, a bronze uh, out of a field of about eight people. Um, I still say she was robbed, but I'm trying not to be like, uh, what do you, you know, you have the sports dads. I'm trying not to be one of those uh, sports husbands where I'm like throwing shade at the other chicks competing and so on. But hats off to her. Uh, Robinson Way, of course, the bitterly complain afterward. I'm, I'm carrying a load for her, talking about her being robbed. She's happy to participate and with the injury she had. It was, it was a great turnout. Anyway, let's get let's get to let's get to, to it so we can get get in, get out, nobody gets hurt. First off, I want to give a back pat on the back to me. A few weeks ago, when the Justin Smollett thing, the guy, the African American, the gay African American from Empire, hit the press, and when everybody was being very sensitive about the person's feelings, and just because he's a man doesn't mean that we should. You know, we should believe all the victims and the, the, you know, and I said, doesn't smell right to me. This is the guy who at two o'clock in the morning was on the phone with his agent and uh, he was attacked. They hung a noose around his neck. Guys wearing MAGA hats hung a noose around his neck. 
poured the bleach on him and sent him home. He was claiming to be a victim of a of a homophobic racial attack by a Trump supporter. Guy got a bunch of love at some award show. And I don't know, remember whether it was the Golden Globes or what it was, became his cause celeb. People were backing him. Trump apologized to him in public versus his usual thing. Hey, well, my voters have a lot of enthusiasm. And it never smelled right to me. It never smelled right. It never, ever smelled right. And when everybody else was too delicate to say that, I fucking said it on If the Shoes Fit like three weeks ago. And now it comes out that maybe it was fabricated. I'm not, I don't want to err on either side. Before I said it didn't smell right that way, I'm saying it doesn't smell right. Look, let me explain how I got there. As a guy who's been a victim of street attacks, as well as a guy who's attacked people on the streets, you either have hellheads, these are, these are also known as hellraisers, guys who are looking for the random distribution to draw, draw, like those cats who are driving along the road, they see James Bird walking along, they say, hey, let's, uh, let's get this nigga, and they tie him, and they beat him up, and they drag him behind their fucking pickup truck. Had those guys taken a left turn or a right turn a block earlier, or had birds sat down, they probably just, just kept on going. But opportunity create 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 uh, opportunity create an opening for these guys to raise hell, and they raised hell. Where were they coming from when they were raising hell? They were coming from a bar, if I remember correctly. So the attackers of Justin Smollett, if they were hell raisers, would have had to do something that created an opportunity, an opening for them to attack this man who was out at two in the morning. Now, I'm as a cop. There are a couple of pieces of the story that bug me. Like Colombo says, there are a couple of pieces that that, that that are sticking in my head. Could you explain that? You don't have to answer. I'm not blaming the victim, but you were out at 2 in the morning. Were you going somewhere? Well, I, I went to a grocery store to get some. You went at 2 in the morning to get me. Hat, or were you up that late because you came from somewhere else? Well, look, no, I just wasn't really paying attention. I was out and I was on the phone with my agent. You were talking with your agent at 2 in the morning. Okay, you're in Chicago. Where is your agent? Your agent's in L.A.? Okay, that holds a little water. That means that, uh, what is it, two-hour difference? So your agent, you were calling your agent at midnight California time. Yes, I was. What were you, can I just ask out of curiosity, what were you talking about? Oh, you know, business, this and that. Do you often call your agent at midnight? Is your agent often receptive to you calling at midnight? How many other clients does your agent have? I wonder if, can we talk to your agent to find out if they all call him at midnight or was this a special case? And if it was a special case, can we talk about what you were, and the call picked up some of the attack. Can we listen to that on your phone? It would, well, no, I don't want to give you my phone. Yeah, that bugs me. Okay, so maybe, maybe they weren't hellraisers. Maybe they were robbers because these are the only two options. So if they were robbers, did they take your money? No, they didn't take your money. You were not robbed. So they started as robbers and then decided to forego it just to beat you up, humiliate you. Well, yeah. Well, robbers, if they're actual robbers, like to frequent places that humans are likely to be at two in the morning. Not really nice neighborhoods. Well, maybe it makes sense. A robber would go to a nice neighborhood with the expectation they could find somebody who might have something. You know, you know what the robbers here don't do? They don't go to the nice neighborhood specifically to rob people who might be out walking their dogs who have nothing but a dog leash and a bag of poop. They go to a local downtown next to the nice neighborhood where people leave in bars 
not residential, we believe in bars, might not be on their game. It smelled wrong from the fucking outset. And then the guy lawyer, they then they catch the two African cats. Oh, so these African cats are Trump supporters. Hmm. How'd they get the money to fly to Nigeria? That $3,500. Well, oh, you turns out you gave it to them. These guys have been extras on bodybuilders. Oh, one guy was your personal trainer. Did you not recognize your personal trainer in the attack? Well, let's let's arrest these guys. Plane lands from Nigeria. Arrest them. Can you explain to us where you got the $3,500 from? Yeah, we got it from the guy that we attacked. Huh. Did you attack him, then receive the money? No, you received the money before. So your random attackers who got paid by the guy who got attacked, were you attacking him for the remainder of the money? No. Well, let's just send you to jail for a bunch of years for assaulting this guy on the street. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not what happened. We were rehearsing something. The guy promised us $500 more. Oh. Let's turn back to Smollett. It goes, they're making the claim. Smollett goes, well, you can talk to my lawyer. First lawyer, defense lawyer, quits. Now he's got a new lawyer. It's like, bro, bro. We fuck, look, with Tawana Brawley, if you go back in your history, Al Sharpton uh, uh, support Tawana. She made the claim that she had been raped by an uh, unknown collective of white men, raped and left by a dumpster. The graffiti that was written on her naked body was somehow, um, you know, it was written as though the person was right-handed versus facing facing you. It was written, uh, no, 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 man. No, people are complaining about the mic. No, no, I'm looking at it. <laughs> Come on, man. Your snowball sounds suspiciously like a Tony tiny old laptop mic. Just because you plugged it in doesn't mean Google Hangouts or your computer automatic doesn't automatically know to start using it. It says it's using it. I'm lo- I'm looking at it now. It says blue snowball, uh, blue snowball instead of internal mic. That's what it says. I gotta believe it. Sorry, maybe I just hold it closer to my mouth. So uh, now you interrupted me. Now where what where what was it? so? Uh, I don't know about Smollett. I mean, uh, you know, we didn't get as as bad as Virginia with the woman claiming she was gang raped in the fraternity, which didn't smell right to me either. Having been to schools, been to fraternity parties, uh, you, you know, the part where I call bullshit on that is where they fell through the glass table and the guys uh, uh, proceeded to fuck her in broken glass. All right. All right. I've been plenty horny. Never horny enough to rape somebody. But if I had been horny enough to rape somebody, I would make the claim that I was never horny enough to rape them in broken glass. I'll just have to let that one go. So, you know, I mean, it's a classic move. I think these people, like uh, like uh, the D-man said, you know, they, uh, they open it up for the really per- pernicious, dangerous fuckheads out there to create clouds of, of deniability, probability, and possibility, so the next person is, is less likely to be believed. But you know what I'm going to say to something like this? Fucking do it. Smollett, in my mind, now needs to go to fucking jail. He needs to lose his agent, needs to go to jail, and your career is effectively over for a term of five years. Lots of luck. Do you know how hard it is to make it to the position that you were in? Do you have any idea how hard it is? 
Do you have any idea how many auditions I've done where I have not gotten a role? And in fact, this ties in, it bridges in to the UFC segment, which I'm about to start. Because what I'm going to say very specifically is I was getting auditions and getting roles like crazy before I got that Miller Genuine Draft commercial. What happened with the Miller Genuine Draft commercial that they debuted during the Super Bowl when it initially came out back in 2000 or whatever, and then went through the basketball championships, 13-week blocks, and then the World Series is that I made over $100,000 from two days of work. At that point, the tone and the timbre of my, of my vibe going into auditions would markedly change because all I could think about was, if I get another one of these, man, that's a fucking payday. So I went from a guy who was like, hey, I get an afternoon off from work. I get to hang out in L.A. with some wannabe act. I'm play acting at this. Ah, man, it's all cool. I'm sitting at the agency, like, checking stuff out. I got a kid in the candy store. Ah, you know, see people with their size and they're practicing their lines. It felt cool. It felt very cool. And then after that, it became a money hunt that had the stink of desperation rising off of me like the stench waves coming off a pig pen and the Peanuts cartoons. Not a good look, a worse smell, and expectation bites deep. When you get a guy who fights in his hometown, all the stuff that we ever said before comes true. You're worried about your mother getting a seat, your father getting a seat, your friends that you went to high school, your former coach, everybody. When Cain Velasquez comes out of the vomitorium, you realize what that's the vomitorium is the entryway in the stadium. And that crowd goes nuts. That was enough to fuck with anybody else's head. But I've been paying attention sleepless night last night. Because you all know what I said. What I said prior to the show was I would put, I watched him work out. I would put anything, anything, put any amount. The guy was a fucking buzzsaw. But when did I see him work out? Monday of last month, where are we now? Monday, a week ago. A week ago tonight, they left San Jose to go to Arizona, continue the workouts there. That means over a week ago, I was there. Call it Friday, whatever that Friday was. Not this Friday, the day after Valentine's Day, not the 15th, but the 7th, 8th, February 8th. I was watching them work out. Now, People have talked shit about the injury rate at AKA. I've done an upcoming piece on Javier. I don't want to cheat for Ozzy Confidential. I don't want to cheat it. But I'll give you, he said, listen, we had a reputation for being a buzzsaw, for chewing guys up. And Dana said, you know, blasted us with the caveman workout. But we took steps to make sure that that doesn't happen. One of the steps that we made is guy comes in. First thing we say is, how you feeling? He goes, well, I got, if in my case, yeah, my groin is, a, sit out. Sit out, sit out, relax. You know, the injury rate dropped by a sizable percentage. The actual percentage comes up on the show. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head. I'm watching Kane work out. He's sharp as a sickle. Cardio, 
you know, moving from one, moving well. And I'm looking, I'm looking for the shoulders. How's he throwing his punches? Is he, you know, is he, is he ginger about throwing the punches? Is he shooting it slick as snot? Trains or whatever that weekend, Monday, whoo, like flies off Arizona and starts dealing with all the local pressures. The mothers to take it out. Then somebody rescued the day because this show was going to go down a very different road. Sends me a workout video. He's working on pads. Pre-fight. Comes in. Deliver an uppercut. And the right knee uh, or uh, the left knee buckles. And he goes, okay, I've shown these guys enough. Now, now, this is not a workout. This is the big game. What is the likelihood that you think going into it, if Kane knew that his leg was gimpy, what do you think the likelihood is that he'll call it off? Knowing what briefly or more deeply what you may know about the man, what are the chances that he's going to call it off? Zero. Zero. It's not going to happen. Especially, and I feel semi-guilty and responsible for this, having been a whiner and a crier, especially when you saw the blowback that, uh, that Bobby Knuckles got. There's no, you know, there's no, it just doesn't, what, what James Vick? What, that's going to be the headlining card in, in Arizona and people are going to feel okay about that and not blame you for it to a certain degree? No, no. You know, there's a thing, and what that thing is called is, uh, the thing is called uh, the show must go on. There is a possibility that all kinds of things could have happened. Now, prior to, get rid of that video for a second. Get rid of that video for a second. And go from that video to, um, oh, man, my shoulders are on fire. Um, and go to, make believe you didn't see that video of the, of the knee buckling in the warm-ups, in the workouts. And you go back to the press post-fight presser. Kane says, he doesn't touch me. He doesn't touch me. And everybody's t- tweeting at me, oh, misty as fuck and misty as fuck. And then somebody went Zap Ruder, slowed the film, got the slow-mo version, slowed it down even more, and show what happened when he's got him against the fence. He's got Francis Ngannou against the fence, scoops his leg, tries to tilt, and that left leg, he leans this way, trying, and that left leg buckles. He falls down on it, and as he falls down on it, so now people are trying to slow. As he reaches for the double, and, and Ngannou knows that he's a wrestler. He's prepared for this. Starts to deliver. And Kane starts to move out of the way and switches on top of that gimp knee and falls over. Chicken, egg, egg, chicken, knee, punch, punch, knee. Don't know. I've watched it now dozens of times. Don't know. But consider this for a second. If the punch did come first, let, let, let's consider this for a second. It's indisputable that the knee fucking is shot, right? So this idea of 
whether the, oh he was knocked out and that's what that's immaterial. It's immaterial. Because if the knee is not shot, he doesn't fall to the canvas and roll to his stomach. No fucking way. In the end, the knee is still shot. Was that a knockout punch? Not really. Did he not get up from the campus? He did not get up from the campus. Was it because of the fist? He took three. Kane is well able to take more than that. My point being that the, the fact that the knee crapped out, it doesn't matter when it crapped out. It crapped out. In other words, if he got hit and was knocked out cold, we've seen people fall that way. There's some highlight reel guy, uh, Rashad Evans being one. You drop like a sack of potatoes, you fall over, your eyes are looking all which way, you're done. Brain shut off. Benito, it's not what happened. It's not what happened. His knee went out. A knee that had been bothering him, that we have video of seeing beforehand, went out. Whether Nganu punched him and then the knee went is not even important to me. In other words, punch, knee, or knee, punch, in the end, the casualty is the same. That knee is fucking dead. And with it, the man on top of the knee. That's it. There's no way about that. No way around it. No how, no way. It's done. Now, that's accepted. Ngannou won. Did he beat Kane? Like I've said before about getting injured in, when I was back at the blue belt, no gi at the world. And my arm went out, my left arm. And the guy is celebrating. I look over and like, yo, bro, what are you, you celebrating? Because God loved you more today. Is that a reason for celebration? And I was about to get angry. And I thought, well, yeah, actually, it is a reason for celebration. And then the guy had me go over to meet his wife and autograph his fight book. I wonder if when he tells his friends about that, he says, you know, God really loved me more than he loved Eugene that day. That was about it. Because he didn't do anything to win. Well, okay, okay I don't want to relitigate re this. Let's move on. So Kane is, once again, despite the fact that, despite the fact that, you know, they have this new policy at AKA, where what happens is if you feel slightly guilty, you step out, that was immaterial. I don't I didn't see any sign of it that Friday of the before the Monday they took off and I watched the entire practice. Was there an over an hour with big guys moving around? Todd Duffy was there. He was not didn't see any sign of it. Don't know what happened. Except for the fact that he's a 36-year-old wrestler. You will note that you that Helio uh, uh, did jujitsu like for a long time into his 70s probably and there are always these videos these plucky stories of people doing jujitsu older jujitsu players old ladies doing jujitsu you never see videos of old wrestlers doing anything but stand there coaching young wrestlers you get ben askren funky ben askren talking shit about how jujitsu players practice without realizing that, yes, 
you 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 create maybe a more a tougher, more competitive combat athlete as a result of the wrestling ministrations, but that is not mastery of the sport if you gotta stop when you're fucking 40. It's not. Now they're old Lee Kemp, the guy who when he was a teenager beat Dan Gable. As Dan Gable was on his way to the Olympics, and then Dan Gable double back later, came to see him the next day where it was just the two of them. And they they wrestled forever, like an hour and a half, until Dan Gable finally got the kid. 17. He wrestles. Keith Boykin, a uh, commentator for CNN, uh, it, it was got to be 50 now. He wrestles. He's got to, he, there's a league for older men. Not many are showing up. I am the second oldest guy at Sorrell Academy. One other guy was born in May. I was born in August. Could I do the workout that my daughter does at wrestling practice? And you saw the picture of her at the, at the, the uh, semifinal, CSS semifinal. They run three miles. Then they run bleachers. Then they do a practice for an hour, drilling and act live rolling. Not doing that. Not, can't, won't, don't need to. I don't know about that last one, but all the others work. So what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is the road is time. Dude's a friend to knuckle up. You know, we had were friendly for a while. His mother used to call me for, oh, I saw the article, Eugene, thank you. And then the house came, you know, talking to well at, a year after the piece was done. I rolled with him. If you look at my Twitter account, see the establishing picture is a picture with he and I uh, rolling together. But I got a call like I see it. And there had been talk prior to this fight. We was like, oh, and Gano hits like a, like a Ford Escort, and Kane's like, well, that's kind of a shitty car. You know, you, you want to hit like a truck or something, not a Ford Escort. They even still make that. People enjoyed it. And he's like, yeah, you know, I like to see myself. He's trying to avenge DC's losses. I, I see myself fighting John Jones. Yeah, yeah. It's like Ruben Blades and Crossover Dreams. He's back at the bar after his band is falling apart. And the bartender says, hey, you know, you're going on tour again, man. So, yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm going on tour, and the bartender goes, yeah, you know what you're going to tour? You're going to tour my asshole. That's what you're going to tour, man. My asshole. Yeah, I was like, fuck. I guess this is the part of the story, the rise and then the, the inevitable fall afterward. Because that shit is not going to happen. You know, you know the best bellwether right now is if you hear that Kane has to have surgery on that knee. He's never coming back. And it's like the monkey's paw. If you haven't read that story, read that story. If he does come back, he's not coming back the same cat. All the shit that got him to where he is now is all the shit that's going to keep him from where he had been. I don't know a single a single wrestler that's unwounded. My old roommate, the, the, the world-famous physicist Scott A. Walter, not only did he lose teeth, was third in the state in Virginia, not only did he lose teeth, 
but uh, his shoulder is kind of permanently gimped up. His shoulder from some shit he did when he was 18. Come on. So yeah, he was third in the state of Virginia. Now can't do a push-up. Great. Well, on the one hand, it's given me an opportunity to catch up. When Kane gave me some of the best advice he ever gave me after he ragdolled me around the mat, he said, hey, it's pretty simple. The more you do this, the better you get. He told me that when I was a blue belt. And now I'm a brown belt. That's how long ago it was. Eight years, something like that. Better. Which is more than he can say. And I find it telling, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to be a prick. No, I mean, sometimes when I say I'm not saying something to be a prick, and then I say something prickish, it's purposeful. But I'm not actually saying this to be a prick. But uh, Javier and I are Instagram friends together, and I thought it was very noteworthy that today, the first picture he put up, today being Monday, the day after the fight, was him and Khabib. Siempre en derito, my friend. Siempre en derito. It's not Spanish, it's Italian. Always in this direction, forward. I like that. And I'm sure Kane wouldn't want it any other way. But the unintended consequence of this fight is Nganu, whose head was heavily in question after that terrible fucking, what was that fight he had with uh, Derek Lewis? Boy, that was terrible. Stunk up the whole fucking joint. Seems like he's back. This, is, this may have been what he needed. And if it wasn't exactly what it's what it was needed, it's given him more time to work on what clearly is his Achilles heel, his uh, his wrestling. The fact that Kane, you know, uh, uh, dirty boxed his way into eliminating the distance enough so that he could get a leg or get attempt to take down, but that's a big old man. He weighed in at two fifty eight. Okay, that doesn't mean that that was the weight he was fighting at. He had to get to 258. A few meals later, that guy's probably up to 260. He's a big old man. Big old former living in a dumpster in Paris, Cameroonian. Is his head back? His head is back enough. Back enough so that people are saying, how the fuck did Stipe beat him? Oh, yeah, that's right. He wrestled him. So you got, before your next fight, now that you're back in the hunt, he didn't say anything misty. All you heard after his last loss was his team saying, yep, he's been fucking around. He's not been right. He hasn't been doing the right things. That's as close as you're going to get to a sorry. Because if, if you continue to pay those guys, then you pay them as, as vocal ambassadors and you stand behind what they say. So if they're still working for you, you've thrown yourself on the mercy of your training team and are training. Anybody worth their damn has got you wrestling now. And if you see what they do to guys they seem to like, kind of, sort of, Stipe, you realize this shit is ephemeral. So maybe you really take the wrestling seriously. And who are they going to put you against? So it's sad. It's a road-turning moment. And I, you may, I'm, not gonna, I'm not a predictor of the future. You may see Kane again, but you won't see the same Kane. That Kane that you saw before, that guy is gone. I had to remind somebody I used to go out with who I hadn't seen for a long time, and she was talking to me like I was 20. 
And I had to say, you're going to get hurt. And she goes, oh, you're going to beat me? I said, I'm not talking about that. You're relating to a person that was dead 30 years ago. 30 years ago. By insisting on that model, you will miss everything and you'll find yourself in a position where you're getting your feelings hurt badly. Don't make that mistake. What you knew is part of the historical record. What you know now depends on your attitude in life. Like the, the cowboy's line from uh, uh, Mulholland Falls. Do you think a man's, the way a man's life plays out has largely to do with his attitude about life? I do. Good. If you do the right thing, you'll only see me one more time. If you do the wrong thing, you'll be seeing me two more times. Great. The guy doesn't blink for like 40 seconds. You watch the scene and you try to not blink your eyes as long as the cowboy doesn't blink his eyes. It's, it's incredible. Another great scene is from Blue Velvet. Interestingly enough, also a David Lynch movie where uh, Frank, uh, uh, Frank, meet, Frank Booth meets um, uh, 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 Jeffrey for the first time. Who's this fuck? And that whole scene, Dennis Hopper does not blink his eyes. You try. Your eyes are water. feel like they're dropping out of your head. So it's said. Reprieve, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an ill wind that doesn't blow somebody some good. Reprieve for Francis Ngannou. And when I look forward at the, at the tableau of who he might be fighting coming up in the future, he's got it. God smiles on him. And for the foreseeable future, if he fights one more time in 2019, it would conceivably be somebody he can really comfortably beat. And I'm not a shoe-in. I don't think it's a shoe-in for Stipe to think, oh, I'll get a second go around with this guy because I'm in his head. Not if the dude's been wrestling all year. Not enough. And bracket-wise, that's kind of the way it should work. But whatever. I'm not here to talk about the health of the heavyweight division. I'm here to talk about that fight. Moving on up or down. I, I, I picked five fights. I got three right. I got two wrong against Steph Haynes, who picked seven fights. And she got six right and one wrong. And John Nash, who picked six fights, and he got four right and two wrong. The way I look at it, I only got one wrong versus John Nash's two wrong. And I tied, excuse me, I tied Steph for one wrong. So I'm as good as the best of them and better than the worst of them on the best day. You can figure that out. Explain it to me. Anyway. Uh, let's go down the card, which I had to watch talk about. Uh, nonconformist, I don't know if you know who he is, saved my fucking life because I went to ESPN1 and it only played the prelims and I couldn't watch the main show, except I got some, I got. I actually managed to watch it. My wife was very patient. Watch it when we went out to eat, had it at the table between my pancakes and my eggs. Okay, but let's go down, down the card uh, briefly. Paul Felder, James Vick. I picked Paul Felder. Paul Felder had been a don't care, uh, made it to the care list. Loved the way the guy fights. Glad to see him beat uh, uh, James Vick, etc. Doesn't he look like the guy from Glass and Split? I like the fight and stuff, etc. 
I forget which character of the 2018 personalities that was. Courtney, uh, Cynthia Cavillo, Courtney Casey. I didn't see it because I had to get on the road. I made made the wife suffer long enough watching. Okay, fuck it. Let's get to the restaurant. The fight, it took from the time the house to the restaurant, that fight went all for it. And apparently she won by decision. If I didn't see the fight, so I'm not qualified to talk about it. But it wasn't a care of mine anyway, so I didn't have any dog in that hunt. Prior to that, it was Cron Gracie versus Alec Casasaceres. For emotional reasons that I explained to you, I had to pick, pick Alex. But this was Alex at 14 and 11, now 14 and 12. It was a gimme for Cron, much like the Martinez brothers, Poppies and his, his other brother. I think very much a Tachi Palace fight uh, 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 challenge that, that those guys had been given some sort of dispensation because I saw them win incredible fights. And by incredible, I don't mean good. I mean unbelievable that they should have lost. And I think it was just part of the deal. You know, I think it was part of the deal where it was like the casinos and the Indian reservations, like, yeah, give our guys guys they can beat. And then, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, that's just highly speculative and probably not kind. Those guys are fighting. Small venue don't need to call out like that. But what I'm saying is I think this was a gimme. Ah, a crom. Yeah, my shoulders, so I'm fucked up physically. But whatever. I'm not wrestling. Ah, I'm not wrestling. I'm just cleaning my ears. So uh, anyway, so Kron, very dry early, predictably. And I was like, yeah, man, it was exciting to see Kron. But when they tried the interview, dude, you know what he needs? He needs me. He needs a camera consultant. Because that guy was like square root of negative two in the charisma department. And somebody said, you know why, right? Why? He goes, it's fucking hanging out with Nate Diaz. Like, what does that mean? That was a good, you know, he should help him with his boxing because he was high. I goes, ah, he wasn't. And then I go, whoa. The reason why I didn't like potheads for the longest time was for that same thing. It's like a veil drops down, and they're trying to communicate to you through cheesecloth, and they just can't, can't see it. Can't see it. Oh, yeah. And I go, man, that's consistently. Uh, it doesn't matter. That was uh, uh, what the best part about it. Wasn't the back take. Wasn't the body lock. But right before, right before they hit the canvas, he he kind of does his daylight heat with this leg, lacing his leg uh, around Casasasasaris. He's on his right side, laces it through around his uh, his behind his left leg, and then by a shift pushes himself off, and they both fall back, and then he drops it into a body lock. There's pretty slick stuff happening there. Does this guy have a career? I don't know. It seems, I mean, if I was fighting him, it seems pretty clear that what you got to do is stay away from him until you're slick enough to make the jiu-jitsu not so fearsome. But his jiu-jitsu was fearsome, well worth it. Uh, Luke and uh, Bob, 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 Reno. I picked Bob Reno. I think I picked Bob Reno to fight. What? Where? No, UFC, Arizona, Bob, Bob Reno, Bob Reno. It was a fight of the night, and it was well worth the fight of the night. Luke doesn't win until 15 seconds from the end. Boy, that was a great fucking fight. And you see, when you got a great fight, it de-signifies the quality of the loss because you realize that without one or the other, this shit doesn't happen. Luke had all kinds of doors open into his skill set, got dragged into the deep water, made it three rounds, and still managed to pull it out about 15 seconds from the end. Is he 
better than we thought he was? No. Is he as good we thought as we thought he was? I don't think he was anything before. He was a non-factor in my mind. That changes. That changes now. Now I think he's something. I I still think that he he barely eat, I don't without that without Barbarino Bob 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 Barbarino without him fighting that fight like the way he did that devil may care he did man Luke doesn't fucking knock him out fifteen seconds from the end. Bob Reno doesn't stay in his face. He just face floats. He's on the outside. I'm letting the clock run out. He, he, he fought as he was fighting, pushed it, got knocked out, and he lost. In my mind, both of these guys won. Both of them won. Thank you, new subscriber. Chop wins. Thank you. Yeah, I, when you subscribe during the show, I can see it, so thank you. Patreon.com slash the stomper. Donate a dickle. A, a dickle. A nickel, a dollar. So that was a well worth. We should see Bob, 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 Bob Reno again. He is a new, uh, 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 not, uh, who is that cat? Uh, who is that cat with the really big head who I have a picture of on my Instagram? Oh, man, with the reddish hair. This is the ultimate fighter. Uh, not, now I see Chris Lights Out Lytle, but it's not the, the guy who had the opioid problem. Yeah, I really liked him. Right? This is what happens. This is how you get fucking dark stars, man. People are like, oh, yeah. Can't remember his name. Anyway, uh, but I'm guessing we'll be seeing more Bob Barbarino. And uh, as he looks up, Luke, he's got, he's got holes he needs to fix. And I think mostly, like I say sometimes with Brazilian fighters, I think it was his head. When he couldn't knock Barbarino Bob, Bob out, he was just like, fuck, what am I going to have to do? And as he's thinking on his feet, Barbarino's there in the face, not giving him a break to breathe, like Slick Rick says. Andre Touchy Feely, I don't know if his nickname was always Touchy. I'd like to think that he was Andre Feely and had some other fight nickname, and then we started calling Touchy Feely, and then he bought into it. But I picked him over Miles Jury, I'm pretty sure, and I was happy to see it end the way it did. Jury acted surprised. Hey, bro, you get nothing but pegged in the mouth. What do you mean, surprised? Oh, what's happening here? D-Man sent me uh, what a, a picture of, what is this? Uh, <laughs> I'll show you. I don't know if you'll be able to see it. <laughs> it's backwards for you. Side bitch. Driving a nice truck. Uh, if your man is buying you a truck, your side man, and yeah, tell the world. Anyway, um. I don't mean Sterling. I called Sarah Longo. I called him over. Jimmy Rivera, that was the one that Steph got wrong. And I'll be rubbing it in from now until the sun burns out. Unanimous decision. And then, let's see, where else was I? All the other fights on the card. Manny Bermudez and uh, Benio Lopez, I didn't see. I was in transit. Ashley Evans-Smith, I didn't care about, even though she's a known associate. Not a friend of Knuckle Up. But a known associate, and she lost anyway, so that's all right. Uh, Nick Lance and Scott Holtzman. I didn't pick on this, didn't care about it, but I would have picked Scott Holtzman. So I'm glad I did not pick or care about it. Uh, Luke Sanders and Hernan Barrao. Uh, I picked Barrao, I think, or if I cared at all, but I knew that this was sad. And this is not Event Horizon. Event Horizon means that that guy's next fight is his last fight. Barrao. It's, no, it's not even a question. 
Lost battalions for those people who think they're found but are actually lost. Where Hanan Barao is at this point is just, uh, uh, well, not Darkstar because we remember his name. He's Major Tom. That's what he is. That's almost one of the most underused categories, which means he's floating around in deep space waiting to be forgotten. Much worse of a place to be than than the Phantom Toll booth, and much worse in a lot of ways. Dark Star is more our fault than the fighters' fault. Major Tom is when you're just out there, man. Nobody can hear you scream. Deep space, a place you're not likely to ever come back from. In that way, it's as complete as a lost battalion. But at least with the Lost Battalion, you've got your body is your own. You're walking, you're talking, you're having dreams. You're Major Tom, man. It's nothing but the inky blackness of eternal night. Sorry. It's not my fault. Uh, Whitmer and Abu didn't care. And that was it. That was a fight. So um, I don't know. I, I, I'm upset with the number of commercials I had to watch. And mostly I'm upset that I couldn't watch it, the end part on ESPN1. I'm unsure how I was supposed to do that. Is, does it make sense that a man in my position of my advanced age should have to be able to figure this stuff out? Sorry, we didn't get to the question and answer session. We're actually got 10, 10 minutes left. <clears throat> if you have questions, <clears throat> DM me. Right, somebody has got some questions here. Let's see what you're saying. Uh, yeah. Perfect PR. You guys been talking to him? It's a retweet. Francis Agano knows what he wants after UFC Phoenix. Another title shot. It's that simple. And a message for Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. I mean, he can beat the fuck out of Brock Lesnar. It's not even a question. Not even a question. Why even have that fight? Well, I guess he's in a position where everything is like all the arrows, are their, their upsides. You think he's going to fight DC? DC is not looking for that. I think DC would sooner fight Johnny Boney Joni than the fight than the fight in Nagano at this point. Physically, it's difficult. You don't. There's no need to avenge Kane. Kane went over right, hobbled over right away. Congratulations, dude. It's your day. Like after I got irked that God hated me that day, and I congratulate the guy at the world's no gi. When my when my arm went out. I would have fucking killed it. I took him down, passed his guard, got side control. I was I was winning before God was like, fuck you, Eugene. Okay, I deserved it. So Nagano has many, and he did the right thing. Yeah, I, I agree. This is Shuey, my man in, in, uh, in outside of Leeds. Yeah, it's really good PR. It makes a lot of sense. And it almost puts in the rearview mirror all that weird shit that happened when, you know, your, your, your moment, your samsara, your moment of confusion, doubt and pain with the thing against Derek Lewis. That was misery. Honest losses are okay. Honest losses are okay. That was not an honest loss. That was some fear shit. I don't know. But between that and living out of a dumpster again, yeah, I'm pretty clear. Pretty clear. All that guy's got to do is figure out some ground stuff. And I say ground stuff. I'm saying wrestling. I'm not even saying jujitsu. 
You ever do jiu-jitsu with a guy that big and strong? It's fucking tough. He still has a neck, but it's still tough. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I think it's sad. I think it's sad. I think there are very few exits. I, I can't think of an exit. Do you think, look at Bisping with the possible blindness in the eye? Randy Couture, despite his present penis pics and sex videos online, getting kicked in the face. In other words, most of the people who stopped could have stopped one earlier to much greater effect. Has there been anybody who's had a decent Chuck Liddell, stayed too long? Is there anybody who's had a, who's left right on time? In other words, they peak. They have one fight where you go, that wasn't peaky. And then they stop. Shane Carwin. Maybe Shane Carwin. But shit, you watch that video. Who was it that beat the crap out of him? Was it Lesnar? Didn't have to happen. I think he tapped prematurely, but whatever. I guess that's the lay of the land. Most people, you know, are stopping. They're fighting that one fight that that you hope is forgotten because it definitely will tarnish the legacy. I mean, there, there's a right. Like you remember, you remember when you when you were coming of age in matters of. Uh, like romantic relationship thing and there's always that thing of like a guy taking the girl to a movies he's like oh yawning and he puts his arm over the back of the seat and he's kind of sub subterfuge and then he leans in for the kiss and he doesn't know which he's and yeah i, I kind of remember that stuff and i remember thinking breaking it down analytically and going it's all about timing if you don't make the move by a certain period of time the, the woman says that ah, you know he's not interested and then whatever interest she had turns into dismissal or open hostility. It's all about time. You got to get the timing right. And you, you do it too soon. He's like, what are you, you got to think I'm a fucking slut with you crazy? It's the right time. Timing is everything. Like, uh, let's see. I, I'd, say, I'd say DC is pretty close to having a perfect fucking career. I mean, he's lost to Johnny Boney Joni over the years, back when he was a younger fighter. And it just seems like, you know, it's talent versus talent, and it doesn't match up well for him. And he's lost. But I didn't feel bad for him against Stipe. Who did he fight after that? Oh, Derek Lewis. Didn't feel bad with that fight. He's, In other words, I think Daniel Cormier has come closest to being a living, breathing example of somebody who's attained mastery of the sport, which is, to, and he reminds me a lot of that guy who I reference a lot, who was at, uh, Emmett Smith. They have similar builds, kind of fire pluggy. It's not amazing that he's done what he's done, but it's amazing that he's done what he's done without significant injury as long as he's done it. He's very close to having almost what I consider to be a perfect career. And mostly I say that because I can't see the remaining fights he says he'll take in 2019, maybe at least three, he said. And he's doing this as a company guy. I don't think he's doing this for himself. He's doing this so they can get the fucking heavyweights in place for 2019. Instead of saying, hey, March is right here. I'm done. Later. 
he was coaching a team against my kids' team at the CCS. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm singing his praises, D.C. And it's really nice of him to be helping out some kids, you know, he's giving back to the community. And my daughter turns to me, and she's it's like, it was one of those slowly I turn moments. She goes, oh, because she's a Robinson. Oh, oh, he's helping the kids, huh? Well, you know what? If he really wanted to help the kids, he'd be coaching our high school. Instead of that high school team that has some of the greatest wrestlers in Northern California and has been winning and killing for the last five years, and that also has four other coaches, of which he is the fifth coach. We have one coach who wrestled in high school, didn't wrestle in college, and has is a part-timer who has an outside business. We need a wrestling coach. I said, I brought you an Iranian national champ who was, who, who was an Olympic wrestler, and the, the, the athletic director at your high school turned their nose up at him. She goes, yeah, well, that was because the other coach was a prick, and now the new athletic director is biased toward football and pretty much wants to kill a wrestling program. Do you know anybody in Northern California who can help us with the wrestling program? Well, I could, I could be a junior coach, but I can't, I can't coach for crap. Wrestling? Straight jack him in the face doesn't constitute good wrestling advice. So we need North. There's a guy, Kevin Lee, I think, and Lee Kemp is training guys at, uh, at Team Alpha Male. I'm going to try to touch bases with him. But for my kid's senior year, we need a real wrestling coach in Northern California. If you know somebody, say something. Let me know, please. So, uh, it, okay. Oh, well, we got some questions here. All right. Lieben. Thank you. Chris Lieben. Yeah, yeah. Chris Lytle, Lights Out Lytle went well. Chris Lieben. Cat uh, remind, uh, Bob, Bob Lavino reminds me of Chris Lieben. Um, yep. Yeah, Chris Lytle did go out well. That was nice. Submitted Dan Hardy, Friday night performance, and then left his gloves in the, <laughs> left his glo gloves in the kitchen. Correct. That was a good exit. That was a good exit. Uh, Chris Lytle was not high enough up on the food chain to really qualify, but you know, but he, that that was a good exit. In other words, you feel happy, you do not feel sad, and the guy has count, counted his chips and decided, I'm standing up from the table, I'm pushing back from the table, I'm walking away from the table. Gotcha. Who's that other cat who always wears the hats? The British guy. He, he, he seemed like he stopped in time too. Barely. But, you know, the thing is, if you're just a stand-up guy, I think you can last a little bit longer. And I didn't say just. It's MMA, but you know what I mean. So, day after, I'm sad. President's Day, not at work today, clearly. It's a sad day. But I'm going to make up for it. The wife and I are going to eat something, and then go to the museum and see some art. You know what art is, don't you? The naked guy on a wall. Who is that? Hey, that's Art. I'm here all week, folks. Thank you. You can get a hold of me at the at symbol Eugene S. Robinson or on Instagram, Mr. Sleep 3, the number 3, on Tuesday night, which is tomorrow night at 7.20. We got uh, If I Did It and If the Shoes Fit, where I'm going to take a victory lap for the Smollett thing, Justin Smollett. Also tomorrow... Steph will go live with the Care Don't Care preview. The fight next weekend is a fucking dog. 
I had two cares on it. I will not be watching it live. Sorry. I got better things to do. The one after that, March 2nd, that's a killer. Excited. Anthony Smith, Johnny Boney Joni will be watching that, but won't be watching next weekend live. End of the show. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. I know what you're feeling right now. You're feeling empty. And like this somehow lacked a solid conclusion. But it didn't lack a solid conclusion. The conclusion in it in and of itself is de- depressing. Is there a way that Kane could have done it differently? Now and not have been the Kane that we know as Kane. I mean, this is the thing about Greek tragedy that makes it that makes it that makes it tragic. Dante said in the Inferno that the people in the Inferno are doing post death what they did pre death. The greedy are good. They're eating before they're torn apart by dogs and have to start again. Destiny can't cheat destiny. Can't. Like Klaus Barbie said. What, you want me to say I'm guilty? Well, what, I was, if I had a thousand lifetimes to lead, I would lead them as I've led this one. I was a commanding officer in one of the best armies in the world. I've got nothing to feel guilty about. Aggressively unrepentant, maybe more so realizing that if, it's a very weak word, if my mother didn't have a vagina, she might be my father. If, if, if he could have done it differently, he would have been a different person, and it would have been a different company. If, so, if Cain, if Cain gets surgery, he's probably done. If Cain doesn't get surgery, he's probably done. If Cain insists that he is not done. The road back will be a road designed to guarantee his doneness. It'll be what the bald one will think of as a mercy killing. No easy fights in heavyweight. Him coming in with a brace, a look, you can't do it. It doesn't work. I mean, one of those, you know, RoboCop braces, not going to work. And even if it's fixed, because they can fix anything. What you can't fix is what's in that head. Watch my knee. Watch my knee. And watch my knee. Watch my, oh, there goes the knee. So I wish we had better news. I wish we had better. Con- Listen, if we're going to use MMA with a drug analogy, every trip is not going to be a good trip. But every trip is not a bad. Every trip is not a good trip is not a bad trip. If you know what I mean. In other words. This was a great night of fights. That it doesn't leave you feeling good has nothing to do with the fight itself. It has to do with the truths it tells us about our own lives. And if you're listening to my voice now, you have to embrace the fact that you are designed. Your destiny is that you will fundamentally, ultimately leave this fucking planet. You're going to die. 
And we saw a version of that. Things that you used to do that you will never do again. Hard to embrace, hard to get your hands around, hard to believe, hard to continue, but it is our lot. I look at it this way, and then I'll end the show. That we are on a spaceship hurtling to imminent doom. People who die somehow are getting parachutes out. Thank you. Death is the only guarantee in life. We are parachuting off of almost certain cataclysm. That's the only way I can think about it that makes it make sense. And I'm hoping I'm 98 years old on, on a hospital bed, surrounded by my loved ones and going, I think it's time. I'm going to pull the ripcord. See y'all later. And I close my eyes and like Charlie Manson said, cease to exist. But the number of things I will have given up or will pass out of existence at that point in time will be many. And things that intimate that are things that shake us to our core. Wasn't the fault of the fights that we feel empty. It was the truth they told. And that's why we're here. Anyway, this is round, this is V53. 53, or if you're in Europe, V53. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. Go to patreon.com. Or if you're bored and want to got 20, 30 minutes, listen to the Renee Wu uh, uh, Ozzy Confidential Podcast. You just go to Ozzy, O-Z-Y, dot com slash confidential. Spell it for yourself and scroll all the way down to the bottom. And Renee, it's right there. The link is right there. It's not confusing. It'll come up on YouTube later. But you can figure it out easy. It's a great story. You should listen to it. Javier is next week. Anyway, I wish I had asked him about Kane. In, in the Javier piece, there's foreshadowing goes well, of course. Anybody can get knocked out. And that's the foreshadowing that I really like. Anyway, I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. We'll see you next week. I don't know what we'll talk about next week because it's not going to be sure as fuck as not. I'm not watching that fight. I'll see it, but I'm not going to watch it live. Anyway, I'm your host. Look what you made me do! Ah!